Hello and welcome, my friends, to another Beautifully Broken podcast. I hope everyone is doing well. Can you believe we are in December of 2020? I mean, did we ever think we would make it to December 2020? I'm not sure. But here we are, and I'm glad to be here. December is one of those months that... If I could rip Van Winkle it, like if I could just sleep through it, I probably would do it. Um, we start with December 6th, which is the anniversary of Greg's passing. And then the 11th is his birthday. The 17th is our anniversary. And then, of course, you have Christmas and New Year's. And um, yeah, I for me personally... It tends to be kind of a downer month, although I will say, this is interesting, I mean, it, it's been four years um, since I've been without Greg for Thanksgiving, and I can say that this year was the first year that it actually felt normal, which is sad, um, you know, because up until now, it was always like I was looking for that missing person. And now this year, it just seemed to feel like every other year. So even though it was kind of nice that it was felt normal, it was also <laughs> sad. I mean, can a widow ever really be happy? I don't know. I haven't found it yet. Like, what's that magical like, okay, this is my new normal and I'm really okay with it. I don't know. Hopefully I'll get there. Anybody who's a widow wants to give me a, a heads up. I actually um, was just talking to my mom who was talking to another widow that had been widowed for like 20 years. And she says, it's you never get over it. It's never the same. Like, I, I already know that. Like, as a widow, you know that. But you keep hoping, right? <laughs> like there's going to be a day where I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be like really okay with how my life is. But anyways, I have been doing a Bible study with my friends this year. And we we chose a Bible study. I actually I, I requested this one. I requested that we do a Bible study on the birth story of Jesus to focus our hearts on Christmas. And this Bible study that we got just through the YouVersion app, which if you don't have YouVersion, stop what you're doing now and download it to your phone. The fact that we can have God's Word at our fingertips is just so amazing. So we started this Bible study on Jesus' birth and, you know, just everything pointing towards Christmas. And I've been really praying that God would focus my heart um, on just Jesus and the season and the reason for the season. And it's been such a good Bible study. And there were several of the usual devotionals about Jesus and, you know, the shepherds and the angels and, of course, Mary. And she is and will always be a fascinating and a treasured part of the Christmas story. I mean, the Catholics 
deify her, and I feel like the Christians don't give her enough credit. <laughs> and that's just my opinion. And I, I was heavily pregnant one Christmas. This was actually with my last child with Brooke. I was really very pregnant. She was born January 11th. So that year I felt a real kinship to Mary because I imagine myself getting anywhere near a donkey or making a journey cross country on foot and riding on a donkey. And um, the answer to that is a fat no. No, nope, not, not wanting to do it. Now I'll give myself a little credit. I was older um, I was reaching the, the top bracket of, of when you can have children. So I was older. It was my fourth child. Mary was a teenager on with her first. So I feel like, does she have a little advantage of me? Maybe, but still I, I got her that year. I, I just sitting in Christmas, like really pregnant and thinking about the whole thing. I just, I don't know. There was like this this oneness with Mary, I, I could get like, so many things and how she treasured and pondered everything in her heart. And I was feeling the same way. But one of the devotions that really stuck out to me this time was a, a devotional on Joseph. Now, we don't know a lot about Joseph's life in scripture, but what we do know gives us a, a pretty good under, understanding and idea about who he might have been. I think Joseph really is the unsung hero in the Christmas story. I don't know. Maybe he was quiet and, and not like real gregarious type of person. Maybe he was normally in the background and he didn't demand all the attention I don't know. I don't know what his personality was, but I can say with confidence that he was definitely a good and kind man. When Mary showed up to his home already pregnant, you know, in that day, um, he would have had every right to publicly shame her. And yet that, that wasn't Joseph's first instinct. I mean, you know, I don't know what their relationship was. They were already engaged to be married, which means that they'd have a, had a ceremony already. It, it's not something that they could just break off. There had to be a divorce. And I don't know how close they were, but obviously he cared about this girl. He cared enough that that he was going to seek a way of doing it quietly and not abusing her and not publicly humiliating her. And in that day and age when that was his right and people would probably would have screamed from the rafters to do that to her and make her an example. How dare she betray, you know, what you guys had and she went and got pregnant by someone else. I mean, the fact that he he had enough respect and care for Mary that he wanted to do this quietly, it says a lot about who he was. He was kind. In fact, in doing this kindness to her, it was protecting her. You know, then the angel shows up to him, and and I just have to say, 
if an angel showed up to me in a dream, first of all, holy cow, (laughs) I'm not sure that I'm ready to see an angel, but you know, the angel shows up and he tells them that clearly what we know scientifically and human wise that it takes a man and a woman to make a baby. And clearly he had not been that man to make that baby. And the angel is telling you, no, no, this baby came from God. It's okay. You know, it, she didn't cheat on you. We, we want you to marry her. And this is going to be the son of God that we want you guys to nurture and care for and, and protect and, and all those things that you do with children. Um, you know, I'm not sure how long it would take me to comprehend everything he was telling me, like, because my human nature would want to say, I know that that's not possible. And yet Joseph had a deep belief and he was willing to listen to the angel and be led by him to do the right thing, to, to do the God thing. I can't imagine what both Mary and Joseph experienced when Jesus was born. You know, I just know my own personal experience. You know, each of my children's birth was an incredible experience. We even had one emergency C-section that was traumatic for all of us, and it was still marvelous. In some way, it's, it's magical when you have a child, right? And you just can't even believe that you gave birth to this living, breathing thing, and you, you hold them and you stare at them for hours, just memorizing their face and checking out all the little marks on their bodies and every finger and every toe. It's just, it's just so amazing. Now imagine that you just traveled. You just gave birth in a barn and then some stinky, smelly shepherds show up at your doorstep and they want to come in because God had led them to your doorstep. Now, now I know like they've already seen the angel, both of them. They've been told this is the son of God. Here is yet another confirmation from the outside that they really, really guys, really, you just birthed the son of God. The fact that they were willing to let the shepherds come in and worship baby Jesus, you know, it. how humble do you have to be to, to then realize it's not about us? Like I know when I had my babies, Greg and I were, especially with the first one, we were so protective of Jake. And, you know, you had to wash your hands before you touched him and you had to, you know, the fact that they were even at that stage ready to say, I'm going to share this child with the world, is pretty incredible. We know that Joseph had to have a close enough relationship with God to trust God when he told Joseph to flee Egypt and leave his home country. You know, moving is so stressful, and I'm sure that there was thought about how he was going to get his family to Egypt, to this foreign country. How was he going to provide 
for his family. He was a carpenter by trade, you know. Is that something that the Egyptians would need, would want? Um, I always laugh. Have you ever seen the movie Meet the Parents? Okay. And Owen Wilson is is talking to them about the fact that he became a carpenter because of Jesus. And then they tell him that Ben Stiller is is Jewish. And he's like, oh, man, that's awesome. JC was one too. You're in good company. I don't know. I don't know why that makes me laugh, but it does. Think of all the hours that Joseph probably spent with Jesus teaching him his carpentry skill. I know when I do things with my kids, like hiking or baking or Josh and I and Brooke were all out messing with his car and we he replaced a headlight, which is, you know, interesting, very cool experience. But when we get to spend those kind of hours with our children and we're just kind of doing things, especially things that we know, like cooking, you know, things that, that just come to us and we're sharing our knowledge about those things, the conversations, I don't know about you, but for me, the conversations that just come up are sometimes really deep. They're about life and, and why do you, why do you do things this way? And, uh, oh, you know, you learned that from your mother or your grandmother and they taught you this and that. And, and, and you, you're able in those moments to pour into your children life and lessons and all about what it means to, to live a good life, to be a good person, to, you know, for us, we're, we're believers. And so I try to teach my kids about God and, and why he's so good and why he's faithful. But I, I know other people who don't believe. And, and it's, I think we all have these moments of pouring into our kids, our morals, our values. We teach them in these teachable moments. And I just think of all the time that Joseph probably spent with Jesus pouring into him his his earthly father trying to teach him the ways of of what it's like to be on this earth we know that joseph taught his family the importance about putting god first and going to church do you remember when they went to the the temple they all journeyed there and then and then they lost jesus who was only 12 at that age at the temple now i have to say I have lost my children before, one in particular, over and over again. You know, not for a long period of time, but long enough to make me start to sweat. And I can't imagine days that I didn't know where they were. I did, however, lose my children at church, but not because they were like getting instructions from a pastor on the Bible or anything like that. No, no. It was often because they were up to something dangerous or disastrous. <laughs> and you know who you are, my child, and just know that I love your mischievous ways. We don't know when Joseph died. It was sometime after Jesus was 12 and before he started his public ministry. So this means so much to me, too. <laughs> I think it's a mother to children who've lost their father 
at an early age, I see the impact that Joseph had on his son. And that brings such comfort to me. And even though my younger two children don't remember Greg the way the older two do, they still know who he was. Through the stories that we share and and old videos, old family videos of him and, and even videos of his preaching, all those recollections... They, they have such a good idea of the character of their father and the influence that he had in their lives and others' lives, that, that will always mean something so important to them. And, and I think about Jesus in the same way, knew who his father was. For all the time that he spent with his father and learning from his father, through the stories and memories of his father, it lived on through him. So we know that Joseph was kind and caring and protective, obedient to God, skillful, dedicated, and righteous. And that's a pretty amazing list of quality characteristics. And yet, He was not the main focus of the Christmas story. My devotional says, Joseph was the hidden and silent partner in the unfolding story of God's life on earth. I love that Joseph was just a supporting character, and yet his influence was great in Jesus. I see All those characteristics I just named about Joseph, I see every one of them in Jesus. Now, again, Jesus is God. He was perfect in those things where Joseph was not. But you can see the hand of Joseph in Jesus. So it leads me to ask, what is our role in the Christmas story this year? Although, obviously, we can't have a part of the original Christmas story, what what is our role with the Christmas story? Because the Christmas story, the Jesus story, it goes on even today. We're we're a part of it. We're a part of that story. And I often find myself feeling like an insignificant part sometimes of the story, but man, maybe, maybe I'm looking at this all wrong. What if my part was sort of like Joseph's part. Even though I can feel like maybe an afterthought or I've been sitting on God's waiting bench for far too long, the fact that I got to spend quality time with God is amazing. Just being in His Word, praying and talking to Him. Even if I only get to speak of God's goodness and his miraculous story at Christmas time to a tiny podcast audience that I love so much. Thank you for listening. But it's still, it's not reaching the masses. I have to remember that I have no idea how far my little part in all of this will go. Just like Joseph knew that his part was essential, 
my part is essential, your part is essential. And we may feel like we are just the supporting characters, but God can do so much with your supporting role. Let me remind you, friend, if Jesus can take a small supporting role and use it to make the biggest impact the world has ever known, think about what he can do with your beautifully broken lives. Let me pray for you, friend. God, I pray that you would use all of us to be whatever supporting role you would have us to be in your story. God, use us this season to point people to you so that they can have real life change, so that they can find eternal life in you. God, I pray that you would use us no matter where we are, what we're going through, to be able to point everyone to you and your goodness. God, I pray for each of my friends listening that you would just show them the miracle of this season, that you would help them to see you in a whole new light this year. God, thank you that you did come to this earth for us, die for us. We just praise you for all your goodness to us. We pray these things in your name. Amen.